With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Welcome back into the Lombardi line. We're rolling along here on a Thursday live from downtown Las Vegas Circa Resort and Casino. In for Michael today, our guy Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Stormy Bon and Tony with you. One more hour to go. Going to talk through a lot of college football opening weekend. I know technically last week was opening weekend, but we got the... Big kahuna this week with all, you know, 130-plus teams in action. A great slate of games. If you missed any of the preview breakdowns we did of all four of the big individual games for today of the 11 that there are, make sure you download the Lombardi line in podcast form as well as the VEASAN Best Bets pod. But for now, we're going to get back to a little NFL because you have a recent article up on VEASAN.com right now that's discussing your model, the, the Jonathan Von model, as we've been calling it here. John Von model. Oh, you prefer John Von? John Von model. Because, well, because my hope is is that this thing is uber successful. And then much like KenPom.com, I can then back out JohnVon.com. And then, you know, just put this bad boy up there. So Smooth. I really like yeah, it. Branding. TM, 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 TM. <laughs> just throw that out there. Obviously, we want people to go and read the article where you have a very detailed breakdown of kind of how you do things, what led you to go ahead and create this model. But just some of the big takeaways from the process that you've had here early on. So this is, we'll, we'll put it this way. This is is a learning thing it's it's a journalistic endeavor whatever you want to call it the whole point is to learn and to learn the process of modeling you know as i put in the article since i started here at vsin you know when you listen to smart people talk and you hear them say my number this or whatever some of them do it like our old school matt humans right he's chewing on the pen he's putting his numbers down you're doing that kind of stuff other people are punching in an excel file sheet of certain back you know back work that they've done to spit out a number and that's how they make their numbers so just decided you know what it's fascinated me for a while let's just build one let's see what it's going to be like and so that was the process and in it i do describe what exactly i'm doing is my bottle is built on uh, regression testing which is you take a dependent variable and you get a bunch of independent variables and you ask you know how do these correlate to that dependent variable and the dependent variable is home teams winning or the margin of victory of teams at home and the independent variables are all the different statistics that you're using and i'm asking excel to do all that work not me mm-hmm. um and then it spits this out and then you insert into the equation and boom you can get some projected margin of victories for some of these teams so a lot of it's spelled out all of the statistics i'm using are in the article as well so you can check that out and essentially walk you through how i'm doing it and honestly, what I learned is, like, dude, if you've done this before, or if you're a modeler, if you will, 
it's hard. It's hard, and by no means, I would think, are you ever at a point where you're comfortable with it? Like, you've always got to be mm -hmm. tweaking and adjusting and changing. You know, I have, you know, I've, I think since I've shown it to you, too, I think the last time I showed it to you, what, I think I had three statistics poured into mm -hmm. it or something like that. I've got eight, technically 16, because I sort it by home in a way. We've started to involve, or I've started to involve, a quarterback-centric statistics because they are the most important. Um, so things like that. But it, it, what I've learned is it's really hard. It's never a finished product. And this is going to be really fascinating to kind of track as we move along throughout the uh, NFL season. Well, and I think it's cool that for you personally, as somebody who's created it, it's been a good learning experience for you, for anybody out there that wants to know how to do this kind of stuff. It's great that you're making that information available so that others can learn and create and do their own set of numbers. Because, I mean, how often, whether you're on this show or you're talking to somebody, you're at the sports book place in a bet, somebody uses that phrase all the time, yep. like, I made my number this, the right. book has this. You know, that's just, that's how it is. It's the way of the world. Before we get into some of the specific numbers you have for this week, you talk about how quarterback statistics are the most important mm. what are some of those ones that you have plugged in specifically for quarterbacks and why is it so valuable okay so we did the quarterback statistics that i've used so far i'm going to change some stuff around uh has been uh let's see what do we got uh, quarterback passing grade from, from uh, pro football focus turnover worthy play rate from pro football focus and um drop back success rate and that's from rbdsm you can look that up uh, online as well those are the three quarterback centric statistics that i've used so far up to this point and uh, we'll add a little bit more and and i also say this too and we'll get to it as part of like the numbers here as well what i've had a lot of trouble with which we're going to expand on in next week's article is it's two things it's change at quarterback you know the jets for example when you see these projected lines are i still think being projected as the team from last year and the other are rookies mm -hmm. so you know one of the examples too is like anthony richardson so a lot of people think that anthony richardson is going to be like justin fields so I can plug in some Justin Fields numbers and essentially give the Colts Justin Fields to see what that would look like. But like Mitch, Mitch had a good point, Mitch Moss on Follow the Money, who we're actually, for anybody who doesn't know as well, we are um, going in together on a contest entry that we're going to use all of the best bets from the model on that contest entry uh, every week. But Mitch was like, well, no, how about you use like rookie year Jalen Hurts instead? Because Shane Steichen, head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, was his mm -hmm. offensive coordinator. And so it's like, okay, that's a good idea. Let's try that. So those are little things that I'm trying to perfect. And how do I put Aaron Rodgers accurately in with the Jets when the Jets, remember, I'm still using team statistics as well. So drive success rate, adjusted line yards allowed, uh, offensive expected points added, net expected points added. Those are all Jets team statistics. How do I put Aaron Rodgers into that mix too? So those are questions that I'm still asking. We'll have more on in the next week. Awesome. Well, let's take a look at, I think that's cool, by the way, that you and Mitch are doing that contest entry where you're going oh, by yeah. it and seeing like, what it is. Like, I, and I say this in the article too. I don't expect this. So I'm going to be very upfront. I don't expect this to be successful ATS wise. Like I don't expect to come out here, right. And get like 67% and start winning right away. I think I fully expect I'm going to take some lumps. Now I do have some confidence in that. If you look at some of these projections, there are some of these lines that are right in line with where the market is right now. You know, the Washington commanders, for example, the John Von model makes it 7.03 in favor of Washington. The market's at seven. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, makes it 10 flat. Well, guess what the market is right now? It's 10. So there's a lot of these numbers that are in line with where the market is. So I, I'm, I, I have some confidence in that I'm kind of heading down the right path. You the know? more I hear it, John Von Model does have a nice ring to it. It's a good it. name, right? It is. It's, it's, it's pretty name. solid. For um, for some of the, the games this weekend, where did you see 
based on your numbers and based on your model, the, the games with the biggest edges or presumed edges? So um, as of now, before I make some adjustments for next week, the biggest edges in order would be the Packers plus two. John Von model projects actually a three-point win for the Green Bay Packers. They're two-point underdogs. Uh, the Bills minus two, as we discussed, right? They view, uh, the model does at least, the Jets as the Jets from last season for the most part. Jags minus four. Uh, the Indianapolis, again, using a lot of statistics from last year, a lot of poor offensive statistics. I've got quite a few offensive numbers in this model right now, so the Colts are one of the lower-rated teams. Doesn't but, help now that say that um, Jonathan Taylor isn't going to be on the field as I well. Mean, so I haven't like that's another thing. Like, do I do I try to put something in that would account for Jonathan Taylor? I would say no because he's not going to impact the point spread for the most part. But we'll see. That, that's part of the process. Uh, Chiefs minus six and a half would be the fourth highest edge there. A projected ten and a half point win. We'll round that up over the Detroit Lions and then the Eagles minus four and a half uh, over the um, New England Patriots. I think the model's got what like a seven point nine win. Yeah, right there, seven point nine point win. So those are in order the five biggest edges according to the model in comparison with the betting market right now. So like we said, we're using this as a tool. We're not just taking all of this at face value. There's a lot of different things and elements that go into this. Of those five games where you see you have the presumed edge, which one do you believe in the most? Oh, our Green Bay. Green Bay. Because it's so that's one of the teams that was one of the plays. And we that, talked about that with the division yep, earlier as exactly. well. Exactly. So that's one of those that at least uh, comes behind some of my thinking already. That Green Bay is undervalued, that the Bears are overvalued. Uh, that is one that immediately I saw it. The market, by the way, agrees. Like we were up to two and a half for this thing. We're down to one and a half. So we're starting to see that now that we're at one and a half would be a massive shock if it flips, right? If Green Bay become ultimately a favorite. Uh, I don't think that would be the case. We'll see if that en- ends up happening. But I-, I think Green Bay by far is the one that I was in most agreement with with the model the Chiefs were a close second um, because I think at six and a half there's value in that number did I project a ten and a half point win initially no uh, but I do think that at the top of the list for me the one that me and John Von model are simpatico on is the Packers and also um, and another element of this because this is spread based is getting an idea of the distance between teams in general which I think can also help for people that are out there doing those survivor contests and you just have to pick one winner and we see what the numbers have on paper and where money is going but it can also kind of change your thinking about maybe which game you might choose in this spot Are, are you doing a survivor contest. No, I don't. Decided? No, I still have time. I'm still, yeah, I still have time. So my thing is, I think for the survivor, I, I, I know it kind of goes against the thought of survivor. You want multiple entries. Mm-hmm. You know, not just one, because as Brent famously yelled at me the year that uh, Philip Rivers and the Indianapolis Colts lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars week one when they were like eight and a half point favorites, uh, you know, just going down. And then down how the rest like of that, that season turn out. Yeah. Oh, um, God. Yeah, Killer. that. Uh, um, <laughs> Well, they went to the playoffs that year. They just lost, you know, to the Buffalo Bills. Um, but I, I, I want more than one entry. Right. So I'll be in some contests. I'll be in last man standing out here in town. Uh, obviously, we'll have the contest entry with Mitch in terms of the model uh, and whatnot. But Survivor, I have yet to make a decision. You're in, right? I think I saw an Instagram I post. Have three. You have three? Three. See, that's the way to go, though. Yes. Like, you want multiple entries. So I don't know if I want to shell out to get the multiple entries or not. So there's still time. For um, the way that this kind of shook out, though, and the, the larger presumed value or the numbers that are even in line with the Texans, for example, and that number being 10, was there, is there a game that you kind of see from a survivor standpoint that might be the best option or that your numbers support a lot? I mean, so Baltimore was one that I had circled initially before I started doing this as like the best survivor candidate uh, at the start of the year. It's kind of one that I've come off a little bit. Um, not a ton, but like if you were to twist my arm and ask me now, that would be definitely one of them. I think Jacksonville against Indianapolis is going to be an intriguing option as well. Uh, I know that they're only three and a half point favorites, but again, the model really likes right. them. And I, I think there is some expected growing pains uh, for Anthony Richardson at the start of the year. So I think that would be one that really intrigues me. I'll tell you this. 
Uh, one, in terms of the projections, and I'm glad it's not a best bet, uh, but I don't really vibe with Washington being a seven-point favorite over the Arizona Cardinals, so I know a lot of people might circle that one. I'm not really big on it, and if you want to get like really risky, I mean, it's a pretty solid edge in comparison with the market is, but Green Bay over Chicago? Mm-hmm. Want to get risky well, week one? Well, Want to get frisky? Let's do it. See, and it's a division game, and it like... All the things that you don't want it to be, but it keeps staring at you. So probably not a lot of people are going to be on it, which can be beneficial because a lot of people get knocked out when they take these big favorites that don't end up working out. I'll tell you this. I don't think there's, and you guys, so you've been looking at it too because you got the three entries. I don't think there's any one outside of Baltimore that you're really circling and being like, I'm in, this is it. It's it's slim pickings out there. I think that as the season goes on, there are going to be some teams that are going to feel like a fade, right? And we're going to work that out probably pretty early. But week one is such a toss-up and you never really know what you're going to get as evidenced by the way my week one started last year. (laughs) It was not ideal. What happened? I had the 49ers and the Broncos. Oh, okay. Yeah, it didn't go well. Soup's fun for me. Um, We're going to step aside here on the Lombardi line. Our guy Mike Somich coming up next gets some of his best plays in college football. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni the Sports Betting Network. If you like this show, you're going to love the GM Shuffle podcast. Absolutely a must listen for any football fan. Our guy, Michael Lombardi, former NFL executive, giving out his unfiltered opinions on players, teams, and coaching decisions every Monday and Thursday all throughout the football season alongside our guy, Femi Abebefe. Download and subscribe to the GM Shuffle podcast from VSIN and DraftKings today, wherever you get your podcast. Monday's episode was 
fiery, excited for what they have in store today. The newest podcast was recorded this morning. It is up and live right now, so make sure you check it out. You can also download this show in podcast form in case you missed anything um, from earlier this week. No Michael Lombardi with us today, but he will be back this weekend, and then after this week, he's six days a week on air doing the Lombardi line. Uh, we got a pretty big update here. Okay. Um, Houston and UTSA are going to go at it in one of the better games of the weekend that I cannot wait to watch. I think it's a 4 p.m. Pacific time kick. Uh, I would assume the market is going to flip back to Houston being favored after this just dropped. Look at these uniforms that they're going to wear. Look at these things. They're Houston Oiler themed. Like, come on. Those are clean. I think that's at least worth two and a half points. (laughs) They are pretty dope uniforms. I'm not going to lie. But you had me thinking it was something serious. What is serious is our guest on the line, Mike Somich at Somabomb18 on ex-professional handicapper. And, and newest full-time member of the VEASAN family. Super excited. How are you? I'm doing great. I can't wait to get it going. Looking forward to hosting the handle all football season, 4 to 7 Pacific, 7 to 10 Eastern right here on VEASAN. Me and Matt Brown are going to have an absolute blast. Talk a lot of college football on, on Saturday. And then Sunday, excited that we get to talk about the following week's openers. That's where about half my NFL bets come, is right in that you know 6 p.m. Sunday to noon Monday window. You want to get the best of the number. And, and having a model and being able to set your lines allows you to be able to make quicker decisions at that point, too. So love the idea of you modeling, JVT. It's a, it's a blast. Yes. See, look at man. Just a couple of modelers cutting it up. This is what we do here. Uh, but I am Yeah, you're supposed to, to be modeling, way. not looking at like football players modeling uniforms. Stormy. I'm true to myself, and you yeah, know what? Yeah, the yeah. Uniforms move the needle for me. Uh, Mike, by the way, just a quick thing. Now that you're part of the VEASAN crew, uh, we, we wear collars, okay? So let's uh, let's step this up a little bit. Uh, all right, let's talk. As he's it. sitting next yeah, to me, no right. collar. Uh, let's talk yeah. about something that you got. Uh, we'll go later tonight. Uh, Utah, Florida. You can walk us through your bet, but also uh, how your bet's been impacted by what's going to happen with Cam Rising and uh, his status, which seems very doubtful, but we've seen crazier things happen. It's been a really wild just run in this game. We saw the opener over the over the summer sitting at Florida plus nine. So Utah laying nine in that spot went back down to four and a half about a week and a half ago. Jumps back up to six and a half with the news that rising might actually play two days ago. You start hearing the rumor mill that he's not going to go. We see it move back down to four and a half. I'm actually surprised that it has not been bet down a little bit more as we get more and more certainty around this news. Utah's second string quarterback injured in practice a couple weeks. So they're going to their third string here to start this game. If Cam rising unable to go, I have this game at about three and a half with a third string, but I don't have too much faith in that number just because of all the moving variables. The one thing I do have faith here in this spot is playing the under in here. Look, this Utah team is going to be jacked up and ready to go. I think they have an edge on the defensive side. We got Graham Mertz coming in from Wisconsin to start for Florida. Got good weapons on the outside, a couple capable running backs. But the big issue is the offensive line here for Florida. It's the weak spot on that offensive unit. And there is nothing harder to go on the road week one with an offensive line that's got questions and play in a very, very hostile environment, ranked one of the best home environments in the college football guide there from VEASAN. I think it's going to be an awfully hard time for this offensive line to make some space. So I'm not expecting a lot of points from Florida. You flip over to the Utah side. If Cam Rising plays, you're not going to get 100% Cam Rising. He's only eight months off ACL mm-hmm. surgery. And I don't think you're really going to want to press the pace of this game either if you have your third-string quarterback in there. So I, I love the under first half here, 22. I, I didn't go full game under just because I didn't want to get deal with some of the wonky antics you could see in a close game late, which I expect this to be. But that first half under sitting at 22, I think, is a very good look. 
Yeah, and what you said about the environment, I've called a number of games out there at Rice-Eccles Stadium before. I wear noise-canceling earpieces, and I, I feel like they don't work sometimes in that stadium. It's a really, really fun place to play, and I think one of the more underrated in all of college football. It's going to be a fun game. I'm excited to see how this plans, p- pans out, who ultimately does <laughs> trot out there at quarterback for this one. Utah currently sitting a five-point favorite. Total for the whole game, 44. You also have a play in this Nebraska-Minnesota game. Um, you know, talent, I feel like, was never a problem at Nebraska. They have the pieces. Recu- recruiting was good under Frost. Just could never really get over the hump in a lot of those one-score games. Now we have a, a touchdown spread in this one. 15 returning starters. Transfer Portal did some good um, as well for Matt Rule as he kind of steps in as the head coach at Nebraska. But for Minnesota, this is a, a team that I think is pretty solid year in, year out. Uh, how are you evaluating this one? This is another tough place to play week one. You've got Nebraska going into Minnesota. That place is going to be rocking tonight as well. And when I look through this this game, really the difference to me is the offensive and defensive lines. If you look at the Nebraska defensive line, you've got two upperclassmen on that defensive line. They're both hovering right around 300 pounds, but no one else is above about 260 that's going to be playing in this game. Minnesota has five upperclassmen offensive linemen all over 300 pounds. I think they're really going to be able to move that Nebraska front. On the other side of it, I think Minnesota's going to be able to create pressure in the Nebraska backfield as well. Total sitting at just 42 and a half. So I don't love laying a touchdown here, but I do think Minnesota is going to really be able to control both lines of scrimmage. And I love the fact we're at home here week one. I think you're going to see Minnesota be able to have a lot of success on the ground, be able to consistently move the football. And then in the second half, be able to really slow this game down and milk the clock. I don't think you're going to see a ton of success from the Nebraska offense. I love the Matt Rule hire. But I love it more later this season, and I love it more next year and the following year. He needs to get a little time to get his claws into that program. I think the play tonight is Minnesota. I played him at six and a half when that popped up. I played him again at seven. I would still play him here at seven. I'd love to see some more six and a half pop up because I would take another unit at six and a half if it does. But I like Minnesota quite a bit tonight to be able to take care of business at home. All right, we'll move on to later in the week with uh, Mike Sarmich. USC, uh, a okay performance against San Jose State, although I don't think a lot of people realize San Jose State, top three team uh, in the Mountain West, it seems they could be. What do you make of the Trojans and their performance against another Mountain West team coming up in Nevada? Yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with USC week one. Didn't love the offensive line, didn't love the defense, but the task gets a lot easier this week. Nevada is a bad football team. I'm sorry for everybody out there in Nevada, but they they are just not very good. This is one of the worst teams in college football. I think USC is going to come out with their hair on fire as well. They are not going to be happy with that performance. I'm sure Lincoln Riley absolutely dug into them when they saw the tape. And so I was looking, okay, I don't really want to lay the full 38 here with USC. So I was looking at first half that's sitting somewhere around the 24 number. Not really interested in that, but when you dive deeper, that first quarter number, just eight and a half, I think there's some value in taking USC minus the eight and a half in the first quarter here. We saw that offense really get rolling a little bit later in that than the first game of the season, the second and third quarter specifically. I think they're going to come out on fire here. And I just don't see Nevada being able to move the football at all. So I think you're going to get two or three USC possessions in the first quarter. If you get three, they're scoring on at least two of them with a touchdown. This thing covers. If you get two, I think it's still highly likely that we're going into the second quarter here, 10 nothing or 14 nothing on the USC side. So I like the USC first quarter number here sitting at just eight and a half. Let's keep it in the Mountain West. Another big underdog is Utah State. 23 and a half points they're getting in Iowa in this spot. Um... We know Iowa's defense is going to be pretty legit, but they're an offense that struggled to score points. Being a more than three touchdown favorite could be a tall task for them. But what are you looking at here, whether it's spread or total? 
Uh, this is another game where, I, look, I don't like Utah State very much this year. They were one of the teams I played under that five and a half win total, specifically because of their schedule that they're going to be facing in conference. I don't like their offense at all against this Iowa defense. I think Iowa's going to be able to shut them down, but the rumor mill has started swirling about Cade McNamara as well, the transfer quarterback coming in from Michigan. It sounds like he's pretty doubtful for this game. If you take out the number one quarterback here, all of a sudden I have a lot less faith in this Iowa offense. I think the game plan switches as well. I think you turn to a much more run-heavy game plan. So now I have an offense in Utah State against a defense in Iowa that I think Iowa's going to dominate, and I have a run-heavy Iowa to me, this just screams the under. Right now, sitting at 43.5. I had it got it at 45. I bet it again at 44. I would still play it here at 43.5. I also think the new rules are going to come into effect here. I think the, the key times to be paying attention to the new rules are when you have blowouts in the second half. It makes it a lot harder to come back if you have an offense that cannot score quickly or is playing a tough defense and an offense that can run the ball down your throat consistently. I would expect long drives in the second half from Iowa. I don't think Utah State has much success on the offensive side. To me, this is just a, everything's pointing to the under here. All right, Mike, we got 60 seconds. Spencer Strider making that NL Cy Young push, and he's got the Dodgers today. Yeah, give me the over here. I was shocked this was sitting at just eight. Look, I get it. Spencer Strider, Lance Lynn, two capable pitchers here, but the offense is, to me, much more capable. On top of that, you've got the wind blowing out 10 miles per hour there at Dodger Stadium. All you need is one or two blow-up innings, and we're going way over this eight total. Dodgers, the number one over team in baseball. I think you're going to see four or five runs each uh, in this game. So give me the over eight here. It's sitting at eight and a half in some places. Shop around. I would still play the over eight and a half. I think you're going to see 10, 11 runs in this spot. Mike, awesome stuff as always. Thanks, buddy. And, and make sure on the handle you give my old partner in crime, Matt Brown, as much grief as possible. Like anytime he messes up, I need you to jump on it. I need you to help me out. Oh, I will. And JBT, first day is officially tomorrow, so I don't have to wear a college shirt until tomorrow. All right, I like hey, it. now, there we go. <laughs> Great stuff as always. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at SamaBomb18X. God, one day I'll get it down. See you, man. I'll get it down. We got to take a break. We'll be right back here on the Lombardi Line. This is Visa Meet Sports Betting Network. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. The updated NFL betting guide is out now throughout this preseason. All of our experts have been reevaluating each and every team to give you a betting edge. Our updated guide has everything from picks from each of our on-air hosts, team-specific preseason analysis, how to use VEASAN betting splits, and football contest strategies. If you want the best and most comprehensive collection of picks, predictions, and previews, now is the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. You can do so for as low as $19 or save 50% off that monthly price with an annual subscription and best smarter all year long. Sign up today at vcin.com slash subscribe. JVT and I went over our best bets that are in the article. Our guy, Michael Lombardi, he has breakdowns that he wrote up for each and every team, specifically from our, our former NFL executive here at the network. Really, really awesome content all around. Great work was put into that one. And a, a huge shout out to our guy, Adam Burke, who kind of makes sure that all the pieces fit in that bad boy. We're going to keep it rolling with college football talk, though, here as week one is set to get underway later on tonight. We got 11 games on tap, but a great weekend kind of capping off, leading to the peak of that LSU-Florida State game later on. But what was more important to our guy, JVT, was, of course, 
the the potential just line altering move that was Houston's uniforms. They are cool uniforms, by the way. But I love that our guy C Scotty Book Seventeen on X said, "I opened my betting app for that JVT right. uniforms. Come well, on, worth at least two points." Um, breaking news right here, everyone, ladies and gentlemen, pay attention. Look, look at these things. They're so they're from Houston, obviously the oiler inspired uniforms. Those are those are hot. Now, I will say they look really good. Correct me if I'm wrong, Elliot. Maybe you can look this up. Doesn't SMU have a similarly themed uniform kit? Uh, I think I think Nate, or excuse me, a powder blue is part of it. But either way, those are fire. Those are great. Absolutely tremendous. How can you, how do you not appreciate this? Are they doing it maybe to combat the NFL Oilers throwbacks that we saw from another certain team that people are upset that they took credit for those uniforms? Who's no? doing that? Isn't Tennessee doing them? Oh, are they really? Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I can't remember that. that. Dude, that was if that was a long time ago, I can't remember it. Oh. Um, are people mad about that? Aren't they the Oilers, yeah. though? Some people were mad about it. I mean, I guess what? Because they're not in Houston, so the Texans should do it, technically. Yeah. But they are the they, Oilers. They're saying they, you left us. Uh, get over it. It was like <laughs> how many years ago? Let's go. No, those, those are pretty nice, though. Thank you. See? Worth it. I will I will give you that. But um, let's get into some of these games. And like I said, that, that marquee game on ABC coming up Sunday, 7.30 Eastern, LSU. Sitting a two-and-a-half-point favorite out there at Florida State. The Tigers will be missing their star defensive lineman, Mason Smith, in this game. One-game suspension from the NCAA for um, allegedly receiving an improper benefit from uh, the pre-NIL era autograph session type of a thing. Which is 2021, NIL comes in 2022. So, um, unfortunate situation for him. One of their top rotating in running backs for LSU, John Emery, also out. But I still just think that... This LSU team is so stacked. They're the rightful favorite in this spot. I know Will Hill came on earlier and said he likes taking the field goal. He was able to find a three with Florida State. I just, I think that LSU is going to be a team that down the line this season is going to be playing for a spot in the college football playoff. I have them as my national champion this year. Mm -hmm. So if I expect them to be there, I think this is going to be kind of that tone setting game one where they get revenge from the opening week last year where they lost on an unfortunate extra point not going their way. So I, I would agree generally with everything that you're saying and that people will espouse about LSU. I, I think my real question is, is what are you getting from Jaden Daniels? Is he going to be improved as a quarterback? Because I think that improvement needs to happen for this team to really take Absolutely. that next step. Uh, you know, and one of the things that's been pointed out quite a bit is, you know, for example, Jaden Daniels, responsible for nearly 20% of the pressures allowed last season by LSU. It's a pretty high clip. It's a guy who really is holding on to the ball too long. And if those things are going to continue to transpire for Jaden Daniels at the start of this year against the Florida State defense that I think can get after it. And here's the thing. His offensive line is good. And if you actually look at it from a pass blocking standpoint, right? The win rate for their offensive line was really high, but he was still under pressure quite a bit. And that's the quarterback holding on to it too long. So if you're going to do that here against a front in Florida State that I think that will take advantage of those opportunities they've given to them, then I think that I have questions about whether or not they can cover this number here against Florida State and big picture if they can actually take the step that everybody everybody believes that they can. So I kind of understand it all, but it's one of those stories that I want to see what version of Jaden Daniels we're going to get early on in, in a game like this. You know what I'm saying? Sure. I absolutely think that's fair. And a lot of the points you just referenced there are things that Jaden Daniels and Brian Kelly have talked a lot about this preseason and things that he knows that he needs to and wants to improve on. And there are high expectations that you have to reach. I think Brian Kelly is an excellent coach, and I think he proved a lot of that 
that last season, and hopefully as a group they're able to take that cohesive step because I have a lot of belief in what they could put out there on the field this year. We'll, we'll see with, when it comes to this number. I was able to get the best of the number where it sits right now at the mm. two, but to be determined where can, this thing went. Can I reference, too, for Daniels, one of the things you really like, which he should be able to continue to do, you know he committed a grand total of three turnover-worthy plays last season. Like, just three. That That's insane. To commit a turnover-worthy play rate of just 0.6% is freaking phenomenal. So if he's going to continue to do that while taking strides as a passer, they're going to be everything you expect. But there are some positives. Just wanted to get that out there. But yeah. for me, it's all about that, what they're going to do. Because I also have questions about Florida State, but I'd well, be really interested to see what, what it's going to look like. We yep. talk about week one being one of these things like there are very few teams where you are 100 percent rock solid this is the way that things are going to play out there are a lot of questions and unknowns these opening weeks so i would say you know let's not be betting every single game on the board here week one of college football season but to what did you mean that about florida state how do you feel they might stack up in the acc well i just I, it's the same thing here where you're just talking I, I always try to not pump the brakes but i always try to look for reasons as to not like dive all in like the market is doing with certain teams because you know most often you're not getting the value that you should because the market's really just been sucked everything out of it but if you go and look at Jordan Travis from week 10 onward up until you get to the bowl he was great in the bowl but the four games that lasted in the regular season you saw kind of a drop off in terms of the production you know you saw PFF passing grades of under 64 you know you saw turnover worthy play rate uh, kind of go up at least he committed consistently more turnover worthy plays as the season went along still didn't commit a lot uh, but if you look at it the first part of the year stormy up and through week nine he committed a grand total of three but the stretch that i'm talking about he committed five so you know you just see that uptick as the season went along is that just right the trials and tribulations of a long physical sport in the season or is that something that we actually saw some decline there from jordan travis so that's kind of the questions i have too is whenever a quarterback or really any player shows some stark decline over the course of like the last few weeks of a season. Josh Jacobs is one of them. Josh Jacobs, his uh, rushing production really dropped off in the last five weeks. You saw Tua Tungabeloa after week 12 really drop off. So those are kind of things that pique my interest a little bit. It's like, okay, was that just the end of the year or is that, hey, mm -hmm. teams are starting to see you a little bit more and figuring out something about your game? Meanwhile, there are so many people out here saying Jordan Travis, Heisman, place the bet, all those things. So, yeah. yeah, just things to take into account as we get this season underway and are trying to figure out which teams are and, and if they really are what we think they are. But Jordan Travis in their 14-to-1 shot in the Heisman Trophy odds. Shout out Brian M. for tweeting at us. Says, Dion basically says the Houston uniforms are worth two points. Of course, the famous, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. All that. Speaking of Dion, his Colorado Buffaloes taking on TCU this week. They're a 20.5-point underdog. The big noon kickoff game on Fox. Total 63.5. And, a half. and uh, we know the influx of transfers that have come into this program, just 10 returning scholarship players from the CU Buffs team, taking on a team in TCU that had a pretty magical season in Sonny Dyke's first year, go all the way to a, a national championship appearance, which we did. Mm -hmm. it's like Voldemort, that game shall not be named. It did not turn out well for them against Georgia in the, in the championship, but total 43, uh, 63 again in this game against TCU. Anything that stands out to you? Nothing crazy. I mean, I, I, I guess I'm kind of surprised a little bit that the market went off the 21 and a half. It is down to 20 and a half, but when you get to point spreads like this, like it's 21 key-ish, I guess. But if we're talking about a team, we'll put it this way. If you're talking about a game with a total of 63 and a half with the potential of one team winning by about 21 points, it's not really worth a ton. We saw a better, for example, last weekend by a half point to get Notre Dame off the 21 to 20 and a half. You know what I mean? Like when there's that much volatility, it's that half point isn't going to be as valuable as it is when you get down to the lower scores, like seven, 10, all that. So, um, 
I, I guess, like, I'm a little surprised, but I'll be interested to see what the market does and what the public does once they start to get their hands on this number. And will it be overwhelming support for Dion and the Buffs? Will this get to, like, 19 and a half, potentially, by the time we get to kickoff? Or will we start to see some money buy back and get this thing back up over 21? That's what I want to see. I'll tell you this. If it starts to get, like, starts to head in a direction toward Colorado, if it gets to a point, I'll, I'll be in. But it's, it's, I don't think it's going to get there because I, I don't think it's going to reach, like, 17. Okay. I am shook at the number of tickets that have come in on Colorado to win the Pac-12. People just see that 121 and they want to get Dion. in on it. Dion, yeah. oh yeah, turned Jackson State into a 12 and one program a year ago. I, no, no, no. I, look, I, like I have heard, and this is I would agree with this. I think the top end of this roster is good, but it is paper thin. And once you start to dip in, because you will, because football is a physical sport, you will start to lose kids to injury. Once you start to get to that too deep, that's when things really start to drop off for Colorado. And that's when you're starting, you're going to start to see that. So maybe a first quarter bet here for the Buffs. You, maybe you're going to see some high-end play early on. But I think ultimately attrition, not only in a game like this against TCU, but as the season progresses, you're going to start to see that wear them down. Yeah, maybe some energy facing a TCU team with a new quarterback situation. But I just look at some of the teams that are in the Pac-12 that they're going to have to go through, the types of offenses and quarterback play that they have in that league. I, the Blows my mind that people are actually placing that bet. Michael calls him the St. Jude's play, and that's what that is to me. We're wrapping things up on the Lombardi line next, continuing our college football talk. Will this team or this team have more regular season wins? A fun market we've covered in the NFL. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsin the sports betting network before you make your next bet be sure to visit vsin.com and check out our current betting splits data want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game the betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see changes in all the action find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting Splits, another way VSIN is here to make you a more informed better year-round. Check out today's Betting Splits 
for every game at vsin.com. That's V-S-I-N.com. Alongside Jonathan Bontobel, who's in for Michael today. I'm Stormy Bond and Tony. We're wrapping things up here live from downtown Las Vegas, Circa Resort and Casino. And it is time, my guys. We do every day here on the show for our pro tip of the show. Every show here at VEASAN does them on VEASAN.com. They're searchable by sport and by show if you have specific people that you're looking for tips from. But today's tip has to do with with college football, and you gave a pretty good example of it, that last block talking about buying points on certain numbers. Can you explain that a little bit better for the people at home? Yeah, you know, like as we put it here, large spreads of college football, the numbers can become less key as it gets larger. So you don't need to find yourself in a position to buy a half point. We saw somebody over the weekend buy off 21 uh, to get to 20 and a half. Also, that was the Notre Dame game, and it didn't really come into play at all. It also very much point out, as we always say, shop around, because the person bought a half point to get off 21 when 20 and a half were widely available, and mm-hmm. South Point actually ended up closing 20 and a half anyway. Yeah. So it, as, as you get higher, it's going to become more volatile. You don't have to buy off the half point. And even generally, as we've talked about many times before, more often than not buying off of a half point in a key number situation when you're talking about 3, 7, uh, generally isn't that worth it either. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just don't you know, need to do it. Free daily betting tips again found at vsin.com. The final score in that Notre Dame Navy game, by the way, 42 to 3. So, close, yeah, close. <laughs> did not come into play at all. The, the, the under was a little bit of a sweat for those who were on that. What, what do you think about this Notre Dame team ahead in 2023 and how they might stack up with Sam Hartman now as their quarterback? Had a great day, obviously, to start things off, but it was against a Navy defense and yeah. a new coaching staff. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to be fine. Well, I can't, I don't, I'll say this. I didn't change anything in terms of my thinking about Notre Dame after watching that, right? You, you don't think you can. They were clearly much better uh, than Navy. Navy was very much up against it. And I think that if you, if you wanted to nitpick, actually, I think you could look at like what Sam Hartman did and go, all right, you graded up pretty well. There were some throws where you threw guys down where if you put it in the right spot, those guys are actually extending those plays and getting a little bit more out of it. But for the most part, played exactly how you needed them to play. So I don't think you're coming away thinking anything different. I still think this is a Notre Dame team that at the end of the year when you evaluate their schedule has a realistic potential to go eight and four and still have a successful year but you're talking about the three big boys on the schedule usc clemson notre dame yep. to me and uh, ohio state on top of a tricky road spot against louisville sandwiched all in there so I, I don't think anything different afterwards you know yeah no that's all very very fair notre dame this weekend 12 30 pacific time kickoff on nbc against tennessee state so a little bit of an easy one before they have that road game in raleigh against nc state which we'll get to see the the wolf pack this weekend to see how they fare and how they've adjusted with some of their new pieces including their new quarterback brendan armstrong but to keep it with notre dame we talked about them we also talked about the lsu tigers there's a market up there at DraftKings available where you can do season win matchups and the head-to-head for DraftKings is with LSU and Notre Dame. You can bet LSU to have more wins at minus 165 or Notre Dame at plus 135. Where would you rather place a bet if you had to pick one between these two? I mean, minus 165 seems somewhat high. So I guess by that extension, I'll go with Notre Dame. I, I think the good season for Notre Dame is 9-3. and three. So if I'm using that as my baseline, I know people expect the world for LSU, uh, but we're only talking about a coin flip situation here early on and some losable games, although their schedule does work out somewhat nicely, right? Because what Ole Miss, Missouri, and Alabama is the tough spot. After that, their schedule's pretty soft. Uh, 
All right, I talked myself out of it. I'll go LSU minus 165. <laughs> like, I will say this isn't a bet I would make. If I had to pick right. one, I would pick LSU, obviously. Like I mentioned, I, I have them playing in the national championship this year. I think year two under Brian Kelly, especially if they are able to get over. National championship? I do. So not only making it to the college football playoff, winning in college yeah, there football might, playoff. We, you know, like my, Michael and I did our comps of who we would pick as our final four in the, yeah. the championship game in the winter, and that's who I ended okay. up going with. Um, and I, I believe in it. I really think that this team could take some steps, and obviously you got some some tough contests on that schedule. Face number four Alabama late in the year. It's not going to be easy. You don't have to make it up. There's not a tough challenge on the schedule outside of Florida State or Alabama. Come on. <laughs> It's not that challenging. It's real. I'm like to your point, like that's why we said I was like looking over the schedule. Like actually, if you really look at it, like. But that's why mm. I think this game is so important right out the gates, week one for the because whereas in the NFL, I feel like a lot of these early season games end up just not really mattering in the grand mm. scheme of things. You get to the back end of the season, you're just fighting for playoff position, and that's the way it works. In college football, I think that those opening games really do stick with you, especially for a team like LSU, given the schedule that they have this year. Like this one's going to be critical for them. Sure. And what I and what's fascinating about their schedule, we'll say it's not that challenging, but let's say um, for experiment's sake, they lose to Florida State, then you have to go to Alabama. If they lose at Alabama, mm-hmm. then you have a, a potential for, they call them the dream crusher, the following week back at home against Florida, right? Where all of a sudden your hopes are dashed. You've you suffered your second loss. You're more than likely not making or achieving the goals that you want. And then you have to play host to a Florida team that who knows what they are at that point, but would be licking their chops to get a win there on the road. So it'll be pretty fascinating to see. But either way, like, I don't want to sound like I'm down on LSU. I get there. Uh, in yeah. terms of where people are thinking about the Tigers. I'm just very fascinated to see what the most important position is going to look like for them. And um, you see the way that I have my predictions laid out there. LSU is my winner. They will, Ugh, I have them beating the dogs. They're all SEC, huh? Gross. Uh, I, know, I know, yeah. All SEC title game. The dogs get there, but they can't three-peat. And then I took Washington and Penn State as my kind of outliers to make their way in. I think that there's going to be at least like one of those types of teams that works their way in that's not the normal staples. I like Washington a lot. Mm. And one of our other matchups that we have here, to which based on, again, that prediction, I would probably lean Washington at a plus money price in the head-to-head with Oregon. Who do you think will have the most regular season wins in 2023? Mm, let me... Th- uh, you know, I would lean toward Washington, I think. If you evaluate the schedule, they get Oregon at home. They do have to go to USC. But the other tough opponents that they're going to get, Utah at home, we'll see what Oregon State eventually becomes. That might be a tricky road spot to end the season. But I, I think you'd roll with Washington. I think their schedule sets up, I think, a little bit nicer for them. At the beginning portion of the year for Oregon, a tricky spot to go to Lubbock, right, and take on mm-hmm. Texas Tech. We'll see if they get out of there, because a lot of people think a lot of what they could be. So I'd be really interested to see what that's going to look like for Oregon. But at an initial glance, the fact that the dis- potential deciding game could be at Washington so they get that advantage yeah give me Washington and also speaking to exactly the point that I made a couple minutes ago about those early season games sticking with you we could not preview a game about Oregon last year without referencing back to their week one game against Georgia and getting crushed like did you notice that even when they're like they won five in a row they won six in a row everybody kept oh yeah but that game against Georgia they showed who they really were that oh and you're just it's it's really, really fascinating to me in college football because people are voting on these things mm-hmm. and who's going to get their placement where, how you reflect on wh- what a team is. Um, we got some some basketball schools here trying to make a name for themselves in the football we- world. Last year, both took big steps up based on what people might have thought of them. Duke and Kansas, who do you think has more wins? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> really? 
I think I I think I'll go with Kansas. Only that I think they're Duke the does have coach. a tougher schedule. Duke has a tougher schedule. I think Kansas uh, is in a conference that has a little bit more upward mobility to it. I, I'd also say that Kansas. I think I'll go with a, a team that I perceive to be slightly better coached. So I'll go with Kansas. Although as you could tell, I'm really really wholeheartedly believe in that. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're really I'm fighting. Full throat there. Standing right there. on the table for yeah. that one. Um, how about a future Big Ten rivalry in the mix? We got the USC Trojans oh, and Caleb Williams taking on Penn State. I'm guessing this is easy because you don't believe in James Franklin whatsoever. Uh, give me Penn State plus 115. Really? Yeah. Yes. Well, let's go. Because, uh, well, here's the thing. First, it's the price. USC minus 135. The second half of their schedule is insane. It is. It, that's, like yes. So, absolutely. like, to have to fight essentially. And their defense, I still firmly believe, is going to be garbage. Yes. And honestly, if we're looking at it for the odds, Penn State, you can, I guess if you want to circle them, the two losses you expect are the two teams, right? Ohio State and Michigan. Penn State should be able to get through the rest of their schedule relatively unscathed. And then you're asking, can you steal one of either at Ohio State or home versus Michigan, which I think they're perfectly capable of doing. Mm -hmm. So, no, I would take Penn State in that in a heartbeat. I'm surprised it's actually favored yeah. uh, to the degree for USC. I, I think that you're looking at a Penn State team at the worst should be 10-2 and two when they get out of this regular season schedule. I want thousand percent agree with you and well, I mean, I, they're in your playoffs so i would hope yes you agree. i know that penn state has had their issues specifically against ohio state and michigan but i feel like with drew aller and the running back talent they have and the steps that they've taken to get better that the margin that the, between the top two teams in the league and penn state is mm -hmm. not nearly as wide as it's perceived to be so i'm excited for penn state this year and uh hopefully james franklin can start changing a little bit of the narratives about his programs against top 10 teams yep. against ohio state and michigan specifically we'll see last time with you jvt i'm gonna miss you buddy good run very, very good run. That's a wrap for us today on the Lombardi line. Michael will be back this weekend. Um, keep it locked right here on VEASAN, though, all day long. VEASAN best bets are coming up next. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool. Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.